0: steve bloom there we go (laughs) no i I don't i don't know i honestly but it's just i haven't like looked back into that but it's just so like it's so uncanny like by comparison (laughs) just how just how close that is mr Mm.
1: tsunami man i mean steve bloom has been like everything at this point so i'm not i wouldn't be surprised if he was
0: it just called him in yeah it's like look we need you to get three (laughs) lines please
1: I don't know, for like, for like, maybe a, a modest fee of like, maybe 50 bucks or something like that. He'd probably do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's been, yeah, he was even in one of the uh, new episodes of, um, uh, what was it, Love, Death, and Robots. And it was like, he <laughs> really? was yeah, he was a gruff mercenary in an episode where it's a cybernetically enhanced bear that's a U.S military project that goes rogue and so it's like all these action savants and uh, regular uh, military guys that are like going to send in and it's like oh man i was really hoping i could tell barber about this but i guess we're gonna have to go in and do it ourselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like okay like that kind of tone that kind of setup you know he's been finding good work he's been doing a lot of good stuff
1: that's good. I mean, he's leaning towards, I don't, I wouldn't really say the end of his career, but he's been doing it for a long time. And I'm wondering whether or not he's wanting to move on to like a managerial position or I'm he might do something different. Who knows?
0: Yeah, he's definitely got more than enough experience inside the industry to kind of know the in and outs, especially with how, I don't know, there's a lot of uh, voice talent inside of North America that are trying to unionize based on right. their rates as well. So I would imagine he'd have a pretty good perspective and option to kind of like set, settle that in and like have a good... Uh, what is it like have a good job good idea about um like where that should go but i don't know he's just been in so he's done so much inside of the industry and for the rest of it like is he is he in his 50s or i i'd imagine that he i think he's 62 yeah Oh my gosh damn
1: he's primed for retirement
0: (laughs) yeah my man's gone around i'm curious to see how long that voice can or how far that voice can go Yeah. But yeah, only time will tell. I would imagine, yeah, he, he'll he would be able to find like a recent a really decent set for like a managerial position, or I mean, or he could just like keep doing it into his seventies. Like who knows? Yeah, he's well, still doing voice work, and it's yeah something. As long as you've got more than enough more than enough time to organize your schedule around, like he's got a good he's got a good yeah. chance. Yeah, it's also like I
1: don't know his his voice might evolve as time goes on, and he's he'll push himself more to older and older ro- roles. The old wise, yeah, man maybe as he is now.
0: Yeah, try to take after the old wise woman, Goku's original voice actor. <laughs> like she I don't I can't remember how old she was, but it's like holy shit did she go far with that role.
1: Yeah. Her lifetime. Like so
0: man. many years. Yeah, that is kind of insane. Um so yeah, here. Hello, welcome back to Anime on the Sea to Sky. Uh it's been the weather's been kind of wishy-washy, at least out west. But thankfully, I've been able to get uh, an additional perspective since I was able to bring a good buddy of mine on here to give us uh, a little bit of information on what's happening on the west coast. Uh, it is Johnny. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, not so. Yeah, not so much. It's been going pretty well. I mean, at least I've heard that, like out east, like about uh, like a week and a half ago. So there was like a ridiculous storm that was like cranking through Ontario and locking knocking out power sections left and right. uh, Did you end up um, getting caught in any of that?
1: Yes, so I ended up uh, getting my power shut off at work. So I had the whole week off. Um, There were were, uh, power lines blown over. Uh, Right moments after the storm, I went outside to the nearby street just to check and see what the damage was. And it's it's pretty severe. I mean, it's intense. A lot of my friends were without power for the same amount of time for about a week or so. Uh, I was fortunate where I was in uh, a place where I still had power, so I was able to catch up in some of my media backlog, um, which is fortuitous, and I will make the best of a bad situation, or a good situation, depending how you frame it. So I've been uh, catching up on a bunch of Netflix series with a bunch of my friends. Uh, recently hopped into a Stranger Things watch party for Season 4 for the release that happened on Friday, so I was into that. I've been watching a lot of Sexual Education uh, that's on Netflix as well. Great series. I recommend it if you guys got the time for it. Navigates a lot of intricate uh interpersonal relations around students uh peers and teachers and parents it's it's good i i recommend it
0: yeah sex ed was really good also on one of your recommendations i ended up going through and watching the first season of uh, russian dolls That was like nice. that that did a really good job cool. yeah Garen, gotta get up gotta get, get out.
1: out gotta get out before the morning comes mm-hmm. oh. it's
0: uh every single time <laughs> Shit. Really? I died out in the cold? That's fucking dark. <laughs> um, I choked on a chicken uh, wing? Just every... Yeah, no, you are going to die. It's going to happen a lot. And whether or not you decide to maneuver yourself around, stairs are always going to be your greatest enemy. So just... I warned you be about very the stairs, consistent. man. I'm walking here. I'm just getting it down the stairs. Nobody touch me. <laughs> She's uh, She did such a great job with that. Uh, but yeah, no, have... um. Uh, Have you been catching up on anything like in the newest season of anime, like anything popping up on Netflix that you were able to go through?
1: Um, As of recently, I've been able to finish up uh, the first season of Vinland Saga with uh, one of buddies, buddies of mine who's able to sit me down and go me, put me through the 24 core. Um, So I'm thankful for that. I'm really excited to hop into the Vinland manga, Vinland, Vinland Saga manga uh, and see how, how they take it from there. I'm very excited about the Farmland Saga. If anybody out there is aware of it, I think Vinland Saga was an excellent, uh excellent watch. I think it's a great story. Um I think the anime is I think it's it does the job of what it sets up to be. It's a, like maybe a B, B plus tier, maybe a little tier above that. Um, but I think the manga is really where I'm gonna get the meat and potatoes of what the weight of the series. Yeah, great. Very interesting. Uh, Askeladd is a, a, a nuanced character. I think it's probably like one of the MVPs of the series. Super interesting.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oslo was able to go through, carry the majority of the stuff. Canute really came into his own. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, everybody has their own opportunity to shine and grow. And whether or not it's breaking free of a cycle or actually trying to find something beyond, uh, like the world that's been able that they've been able to try and what the world has given them. Any any kind of paradise would be nice. Mm-hmm. Trying to find paradise, whether it's Wolf's Rain or whether it's. Um, <laughs> or whether it's mainland saga, just finding that idea, especially like in the trying times of those would definitely be like a good set. Like they've been, it was a really good watch. And the fact that they were able to go through and like end the entire like 26 episode run as end of the prologue was just kind of like, it's like, whoa, you're telling me after everything that just happened. Oh yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the world. Uh, that was the prologue. And if you, and if you want to go through and like settle it up, The manga is just... I I can't remember if the manga is is just finishing up or if it was able to complete itself like uh, just earlier this year, but there's so much more. Mm -hmm. I haven't jumped into the manga yet, but I know, like you said, Frontline's coming up. There's just so much more of that story to tell. And considering how Thorfinn changed over the course of like his 26 episode run Mm -hmm. and how far he was able to come along with the new conflicts and the new sets that he's actually going to have to move forward with his life, Mm -hmm. like there's a lot. There is a lot more of that story we told and I'm really excited to kind of see where that's going to lead. But yeah, it was a really good show. Yeah. So let's see in terms of news and stuff that popped up kind of like anime adjacent adult swim was able to announce a Rick and Morty anime series that is going to be popping up uh, sometime over next year, which is kind of like, yeah, it's so <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's definitely fitting for Rick and Morty to kind of have that because of how, uh, like, with how fluid and how just ambidextrous their style can go for the rest of it. I mean, because uh, what was it? Yeah, like, Studio Dean made that Samurai and Shogun short uh, that they were able to do, uh, like, way back in 2020. And, like, it was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this shouldn't work. Like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't <laughs> look, like, that good. And the style, even though we know it's Rick and Morty getting into, like, these multiversal kind of... Uh, like fights and conflicts and shenanigans that they always tend to drag around each other, mm. but it's just kind of like, even though we know that it's it's like, oh yeah, no, this this uh, American cartoon is going to be popping up, uh, going to premiere on Adult Swim and HBO Max. It's just kind of like, okay, <laughs> it 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 definitely seems like it's. They, I mean, it's weird on paper and it's weird to say out loud, but because it's Rick and Morty, it still kind of makes sense.
1: It's, um, I mean, I mean, multiverse, parallel universe, and it's also just, you know, the nature of being ridiculous as a series that parodies, you know, a lot of the tropes that come along with, you know, these multiverse sort of story explanations. You know, we don't have to think too, too much about it. It's, It's just, we have to understand within the series that it's plausible, and you may as well get a deep dive exploration of one of the universes. So this will be fun. I'm glad that they're, they're branching out and they're trying different things um, and that uh, more importantly that HBO Max and Adult Swim are willing to, you know, put funding and backing into an anime project and I think that might pave the way for more North American anime productions
0: if, if I could call it like that.
1: So we'll see.
0: Yep. So, yeah, so who is it? Uh, Takashi Sano, dude who directed Tower of God. He's going to be the one. It's going to be 10 episodes. Oh, sick. sick. Um, and Telecom Animation Film, who have been doing the most recent uh, loop on the third stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to be the ones that are going to be in charge of the project. So, yeah. I am really curious to see how that's going to turn out. its I would say it's not really too much of a priority, but the fact that, you know, with how Rick and Morty and how crazy are able to like take those kinds of stories, I'm going to be really curious to see how how they're going to meld it into like one of their own personal takes because of what they were able to just show with the Samurai and the Shogun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They, they've got a. Lo- they don't really have to live up to it, but it, it definitely seems like they've got a good idea about what they want to do, and it's going to be really curious to see uh, Rick and Morty with a different perspective and a different take. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Finally, 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 after over eighteen months, uh, Land of the Lustrous is going to return from hiatus in June. Yes, next month we're going to get our first fucking chapter. For the first time since December of 2020, it's it's been. So did um like did you ever take up on my recommendation to go watch the Land of the Lustrous uh, anime series? It's,
1: it's on the bucket list. It is on the uh. list. It's uh I've got a lot of chugging to go through. So it's it's on the it's on the on the horizon. I'll check it out sometime this month.
0: Oh, yeah, no. It's let's just say uh, what is it? It was either I think it ended on chapter 95 was the last. Uh, numbered chapter of the series and they left you on a cliffhanger
1: mm-hmm.
0: ichikawa yeah ichikawa she posted on her twitter mm-hmm. that she got a ps5 oh okay and then that was the last thing we heard of her for 18 see months you guys <laughs> 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 i got it i got mine sorry i'm gonna I'm just gonna go and just lock myself in and kind of consume as much as much as I want, and it's like, oh my God, you know
1: no, with everything it calm was... down, I can totally see why she just want a recluse and drop her drop her pen and just pick up a controller
0: just go to town you know oh man, yeah, no it, it's because that was the thing I did. Yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed um, the the 12-episode uh, Season of anime that we ended up getting. Studio Orange did a fantastic job, especially with how they're able to meld the crystalline bodies of all the characters with uh, specific minerals, as well as like give them unique personalities, unique characters, different wants, different desires, inside of a story that makes them live for centuries. And it it they just do a really good job in terms of like setting it all up and not only not only is the manga good on its own without the abundance of color to give a little bit of extra like personality and flair to the characters what, it definitely bleeds into how well the story is able to evolve especially with how Foss uh, themselves continues to evolve and change over the course of the series and it's kind of like um, I'm trying to remember the name of like the it's not the Perseus ship, whichever PCs? came up in Wandavision. Huh. Perseus ship, yeah. yeah PCS like that ship. that argument, yeah, that argument kind of pops up considering how if a piece of the gems themselves gets broken and taken away, they that's a good chunk of their memories. Considering that it's all one conscious entity, an ego, <laughs> and so like say you lose an arm, then an arm they say is like. Call it like a sixth or a fifth mm-hmm. of your total body. Like you lose like a good sixth or fifth of the memories that you've been able to like keep yourself mm-hmm. uh, like throughout the rest of it. So it's just kind of like and so basic, yeah. So the ship of Theseus comes up a bit, but regardless, with how crazy and how in the in the directions that it's able to go through, they uh, they they still Studio Orange hasn't announced. Anything related to the, to like Atlanta Luster season two, we know that they're making a B Star season three. Yes. That's already on the table. Yeah. But and now that the manga
1: B Stars has concluded, I'm going to be excited to seeing what that uh, how that's going to play out.
0: Yeah, it definitely seems like if they're already getting into a third season of Beastars with a concluded story, I don't know how many more chapters they need to adapt, but it definitely seems like Orange is committed enough to be like, okay, for three seasons in, mm-hmm. I don't know if three seasons is going to be enough to complete the entire story, but I do feel like that they will go through and uh, complete it for the rest of it. But then it's such a weird feeling because of like how much respect I have for Studio mm-hmm. Orange, where it's just kind of like Beastars is great and everything else around it but because of their general uh like comparative size to like other major studios that are putting out like fucking one or two shows yes. a season yes it's just, it's just that i respect their work so much but the fact that it's they're big enough that they're able to take on these larger projects like one or two a year but still have to be like you're good at anything that you do and anything that you touch, but because of the manpower that you have, you're not able to like jump into as many things. So, I'm hoping they expand. I'm hoping they expand, but I don't know. B stars is great, but I would love to see everybody's reaction to where they go inside of a second <laughs> season of Land of Lustrous, especially now that the manga itself is near its conclusion and it's finally going to come back into print. I guess uh, yeah. I might as well bring this up, considering that um, another very well-known mangaka that has finally come off of hiatus that is getting a lot of people excited and has recently become the largest Twitter follower handle in terms of all mangaka all time. Like, dude, Togashi, is back.
1: <laughs> hiatus, next <laughs> hiatus is no more. Well, we're going to be waiting for a little bit of time until he releases the next chapter, but we can at least say that he's working on it and that he's alive. He's alive. He's,
0: alive. he's... I can't we can't say how well he's doing but the fact that he's able to come back into the office and just the sheer respect about with everybody else inside of the auditorial and as well as like the magica section in the beginning um mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember the, na- the the name of the guy who does one punch man um, um and then i shield yeah Yusuke Murata was like <laughs> just furiously posting on twitter it's like guys <sighs> he's back <laughs> it's yeah. like nah you're just fucking joshin yeah. and you're and and just like everybody else like giving their bits and pieces like no we've seen him he's in person yeah. he's in office and it's like oh and then shit. the fans and then the <laughs> the, the man there. the myth the legend yeah. yeah um
1: yeah we it after his long silence uh like everybody was really really worried about you know whether or not togashi even had the capacity to continue play, uh finishing his manga or even drawing his manga if not to hand it off to editors and a team a dedicated team who can assist with that um, but yeah, you know, I I was worrying for a little bit of time, especially since uh Mira Kentaro Mira's uh of Berserk passed his, his passing, ha- yeah, his last, passing last yeah. um. So I don't know, maybe it might have. I'm sure that Togashi and Mira had some interactions, and he was probably thinking about you know how how he might have wanted to end the series, or maybe placed in a position where he couldn't finish the series. Um, so that might have given him some some inspiration to you know get up there and. Motivate
0: to to continue working on this. Get up, get on, get out there. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. no, that was a really stupid persona jingle that got into my mm-hmm. head. But yeah, no, I'm really glad to see that he's able to go through. Uh, yeah, if I, I, I guess considering that we didn't just uh, like fully point out this is the man who created Hunter Hunter, mm-hmm. as well as he was the one that did uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. Like he's he has just been like the yeah. mm-hmm. standard, like through like. He is the shon like yeah the majority of his stuff is shonen Mm -hmm. and they all follow the shonen archetype in the majority of his stories but how he's able to flesh that out and meld it into something so unique and in his own style and something that sure can be put in the same bin as like other like general shonens that have come out in the past thirty years but like everybody follows after this man Mm -hmm. the tropes like the setups the the brash characters like Mm -hmm. so many different mangaka have granted so Mm -hmm. much inspiration from this one man mm-hmm. and it's i'm just glad to see that um he's picking the pen back up and getting back mm-hmm. up okay uh i guess a quick short one considering that um i was really curious to see what uh, masaki Iwasa was going to be like putting up considering that he took a bit of a break and i knew that he was going to uh come out with uh inuo which let's see oh yeah i guess technically it came out on may 28th so it, it just recently came out in Japan uh, based off of the Tales of the Heike Inuo novel. It's going to finally get a North American release in August 12th. Hmm. So it's so this is the first uh, man. It's been a while since he's uh, popped back up. And because um, Science Saru, the one that he helped found, has still uh, what is it? They've still been doing work um, outside of his absence, even though I'm pretty sure, like, 90% of the other projects were, like, done under his directorial, like, uh, supervision. But the last, yeah, the last uh, series that he did uh, was Keep Your Hands Off Azuken uh, back in early 2020, which still, to me, was the best show of that year, like, bar none. But, um, he, d- yeah, he did take a bit of a break uh, in the midst of uh, finally releasing that, but he's going to be... Uh, coming back as, as a director on this film. So yeah, I'm really, oh, excuse me. Yeah, I'm just definitely curious to see like how this is going to uh, play out because it definitely seems very colorful, very dynamic, very like fitting of his style. And yeah, it's it's he's just definitely one of those authors where it's like, there's not really much I can say that I can like wholeheartedly recommend like immediately going to see this movie. But because of like his resume and like the line of work and like how very consistently well set and creative he is on all his projects. He's definitely one of those directors where his name pops up and I'm almost immediately invested on anything that he's Mm -hmm. going to make. Yeah.
1: Musaki Uasa is, you know, an auteur to his own, to his own right. right. Um, Like his creative style. I like how differently he expresses his animation or like at least his artistic style. Ping pong is excellent. Definitely, Dev- Cry Baby is also an interesting interpretation of the classic. Yeah, a lot of things that man does that
0: uh, I'm, I'm fascinated. Yeah, he's done a really yeah a little yeah a little slow in terms of Ride Your Wave in Japan six, <laughs> but no, whenever whenever he's able to like put his own flair onto a project, he definitely makes it at the very least um, like an entertaining and interesting <laughs> watch to bring it through. I guess one of the more popular ones that just got released. I mean we all knew it was going to happen at some point but they finally announced that um Konosuba was going to be getting a third <laughs> season so it, yeah it was just kind of like oh man the who would have guessed that we were going to get a third season after the moderate but no <laughs> moderate's just definitely underselling yeah. it, like on the success of um the crimson uh the uh the crimson movie that they were able to do inside of that village mm-hmm. and yeah that did a really good job i was really i really loved that kind of uh experience especially going to see it in theaters did you ever um like get to watch the uh crimson movie movie? uh for konosuba
1: actually konosuba is i still have the recommendation that it'd be if i had to devote any of my time to watching isekai konosuba is is one of them that should make it through the list so i have a lot of friends who enjoy it and they're really excited Uh, i've seen a couple of episode clips and i feel like it's fun it's very aware of what it's what it's trying to be it understands the scope of the isekai market that's that's available right now. Um, and it sets it apart by just, you know, poking poking fun at itself. And I, I respect that. It, it does it differently.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely, like, it is, like, easily the best isekai comedy that I was able mm-hmm. to go through. And I know I don't necessarily, like, have as much experience with the genre because isekai is just such a turnoff. Like, for me, like, I'm definitely one of those people where it's just kind of, like, if... It's not doing anything mm-hmm. new, and if it's not like setting itself up for the rest of it, then you're not really dragging me and giving me like really good reason to go through and do this. I'm just yeah, I'm just like looking through, yeah, like like I'm trying to figure out because it's doing it's being done by Studio Drive, but I just haven't heard anything major that they've like helped onto like uh. So at least it seems. They helped on Two Year Eternity, so they helped them with their. They did in between. Uh, never mind. They did in between animation on Ranking of Kings, but that was only for one mm-hmm. episode. They did do in between animation for the majority of the series of Dressing oh. Darling, and so that was so that was popping up. And then they helped out with a lot of uh the animation of the first season of Konosuba, even though that was done by Studio Dean. Mm-hmm. Like they had a they had a lot of uh, help in the animation production of that series, and so they're going to be. It, except in this case, for season three, they will be the front runner. They will be like the the face studio That's- that uh, takes on the majority of the work. So that'll definitely be interesting to kind of uh, see how that pops up. But yeah, no, I would definitely go through and recommend. I really it, it was the, the movie that takes place after the second season, the uh, Legend of Crimson, was just such a experience live because just everybody, everybody you knew, like it, it was basically going to like a shonen. Uh, like anime screening, like oh, everybody okay. was loud, everybody was laughing, everybody was going through, which is definitely, as long as you know that's exactly what you're going for, mm-hmm. like that's that's the most welcoming kind of experience, at least for me, like going into the movies. Like I know, like, like say, like popping up, there's going to be a new Makoto Shinkai mm-hmm. film uh, coming out at the end of this year. Like that's a movie where it's like, you know, silence, connection, everybody is trying to go through and just experience the movie on their own terms but if it's just a loud and proud uh, like comedic romp like Konosuba just having everybody experience it in the same way and having that energy in the room was definitely something that just I don't I know, love it experience. made it really memorable and really speci- special special yeah. yeah and then I guess recently this hasn't really this one popped up today that apparently uh, Star Wars Visions is going to be getting a uh, second season uh, they're going to be getting like a new set of anthology episodes that are going to be coming out uh, so next a spring. new set
1: of anthology uh, so to answer my question here, um, new set of anthology episodes. So like a continuation of the existing set of episodes, or or is it like a like a new take on different ways that the the Star, Star Wars universe can exist?
0: Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing probably that they did in the first season. Considering that the first volume that they put out uh, last September, it, it it was very much an anthology different stories, different worlds, different characters, like none of it I don't think there was a single uh, like recurring character from the Star Wars universe that that came in it was just all new characters, new story <laughs> like new everything, it was just like so Disney basically said, okay so Studio Trigger, Kamikaze Doga, Science Star, Production IG, Genos like all of you are going to be able to make your own 8 to 16 minute episode on whatever story you want to tell as long as it's in the Star Wars universe like with these new characters and they did an exceptional job I do think that my favorite out out of all of them which kind of sounds bad in retrospect but it was the first episode that they put on which was animated by Kamikaze Doga which was literally just like a uh, Akira Kurosawa samurai film like it, it was literally just that where it's like ah, oh, they've got all these raiders who are like working for the empire, and they're going to uh, like go and attack this village. But the village uh, like has their own mercenaries that they try to fight back. But then, of course, the empire's mercenaries have a Sith with them, and the person who fights the Sith that comes into the town is a rogue uh, Jedi that um that goes through, and he's he's just a Rodan, like he's a he's a uh, he's just a samurai without a master. Mm-hmm. He's a nameless stranger that goes and helps the town that he. But it, it was like so much of the inspiration that you know that George Lucas <laughs> took when he made the first Star Wars that it, it felt like the next evolution of a step that was just George Lucas, that was inspired by Akira Kurosawa, and then a Japanese director inside of a studio who also looked up to Kurosawa but also then took the world and from. Afro Samurai? Uh, from George Lucas. Yeah, kind of like in yeah. that similar vein. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's an anthology series. So it's kind of like you got hits, you got misses. Like that's basically how an episodic series like that goes. I would definitely still recommend it if you get the chance, especially considering that the first episode I believe is my favorite and probably the better ones. But it's like on paper, it's like, hey, guess what? Studio Trigger is doing a Star Wars episode. You'd be like, oh, <laughs> I need to see how over the top yeah. they can get with that. And they definitely deliver. I
1: I like it. It's it's still in their same over the top wacky fun, power, <laughs> power friendship kind of uh, kind of tropes that we're we're familiar with. Trigger, um, I don't know. I think it's it's interesting. I would like to see more. I, I'm hoping that volume two is a continuation of volume one's episodes, and we get to see a further exploration exploration into those universes. Or they may decide to scrap it and try something different, which is totally okay too.
0: I'm curious to see how they're gonna do it. Yeah, there were definitely a couple of stories in there where. Because, of course, they all seemed like pilots, but there were definitely, like, an episode or two where it's just, oh, yeah, no, you could totally expand upon this specifically, depending on reception, and then, like, make that, like, an addition into its own, like, standing in the universe. Like, there were definitely a couple of stories in there where it was just kind of like, oh, man, where's the rest of it? And it's like, ah, well, it's an anthology. It's kind of a pilot. But even then, with the limited time that they had... They, it definitely seems like the world that they created in those episodes like had so much more room to grow and they set themselves up for anything that would go through, depending on their circumstances. So, yeah. I'm just kind of glad that they are going to be going through maybe we have follow-ups in a couple of the stories because they might bring back the same people, they might bring back old studios but they'll probably bring on a couple of new ones just to kind of see and bring on with the anthology spirit, but yeah, I don't know. I'm really curious to see how that goes because this literally just popped up today and. Yeah, no, I'm kind of excited to see what new directions they're going to be able to take on that. Uh, but yeah, I guess through there we can finally go through and get to the meat uh, in the set, the genesis about why uh, we were able to go through and check on this because like there were there were a couple of calls, like there were a couple of times when we were basically just going back and forth, and the topic of flash mm-hmm. always came up. It was like it was always something that uh, was either inspiration or something that we remember consistently. Watching like through the majority of the 2000s before before YouTube was taking off, when all these different portals and all these different websites had the opportunity for people to go in and use the tools at their disposal in the ever evolving but still very young and growing ages of the internet. But considering now with how much uh, like anime itself takes off a of flash with uh, with the inspiration and the modern programs that are being brought into it, I don't know. It's just. Flash stuff in general was, like, such a good way to just bring uh, bring people or a worldwide audience just to not only uh, give them an opportunity to view, a, like, different styles and, like, an emerging sense of animation, but also give uh, people to hone their skills and kind of, like, bring their own creations mm-hmm. to life. Ash is,
1: Flash um, is an interesting sort of platform. So if we t- want to take a look about, you know, how is, like Flash, we can associate with a lot of like the popular early internet videos, like the peanut butter jelly time, the Numa Numa A, um, those sort of videos, uh, we're all based around this really low bandwidth accessible, uh, online, uh, media tool, um, that allowed animators to just, you know, start somewhere. And because it was uh, basically free for most, um, most artists and most people, um, and it came bundled with a lot of browsers. Uh, everybody had it essentially, and that's why it got so so popular and became this sort of culture in and of itself. Um, so you got like some of the platforms like Newgrounds and Newgrounds uh, Stick Page, uh, where you got a lot of these independent uh, creators doing these these animations, which were really impressive for the time. Right, this is the beginning of like <laughs> uh, what I like to call the the wild wild west of the old
0: internet. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, because there was a lot of... Because, yeah, it was the accessibility. It was, sure, the initial investment, like even if you had a computer, not only did you have a computer, did you also have a connection that was able to, uh, like, load it. Yes. At, <laughs> at, like at a decent space. Because that, that was definitely something that was, like, the most like looking back on a couple of videos now, there were a lot of videos that I remember like trying to bring up and watch, but it would be slow Mm -hmm. and choppy and the frame rate would definitely lag through. And the music, it's, the music was the only thing that was consistent like based on how the file was created inside of uh, the -hmm. flash browser where the music would still stay, uh, like sometimes the music would still stay like inconsistently, Mm -hmm. but then all of the video file would be like chopped by frames and for the rest of it and kind of go through. And so there were a bit of, like, there were some kind of limitations to Flash in its early days and as it was able to evolve, but it was a very flexible tool considering, like, how widespread and how easy it was to kind of give people the opportunity and innovation to, like, bring their own creations Mm -hmm. to life. Yeah. And even recently, you know,
1: in 20, like, uh, Flash was the mainstay for for most online animators at the time because of how easy it was to, to, to broadcast Uh, everybody had it bundled in with the browsers and it was just really simple and over the years they kept on adding more and more features to allow flash to do more things with it Um, but that also worked to its detriment later on as it became really really bloated um and then with other standards like html5 javascript css that offered a lot of those same sort of functions uh but with better options like cross-platform um platform class cross-platform support and just a more, it's more secure as well. Um, Flash kind of died out. Flash wasn't also wasn't uh, supported by Apple, iOS or or iPhones in general, so it uh, it waned in in popularity of use, and so that might have contributed to to the decline of Flash. Um, Chrome stopped supporting in twenty sixteen, and then eventually Flash Adobe decided to. Put flash into retirement in 2020 so all the existing online content that we knew of the old web kind of died out as uh as the program be- became discontinued and even now there's still a lot of communities that are trying to revive the old like to archive at least the old games and old animations and content that uh, flash was supported throughout all those years so that was probably kind of the genesis of why we got all these uh conversations together about you know <laughs> the days of old Flash. Into the the days of the old internet and kind of reminiscing on on how things have transitioned from that point to now
0: yeah it's definitely going through it's it's twilight in the sense that it was like going through the old archives uh that thankfully the internet has been able to go through in terms of like going through and finding Uh, Like, looking at the old portal and browser pages of uh, stuff like Fluid Anims and StickPage that we'll we'll definitely get into. StickPage is still living. It's not archived yet, but considering that its support ended in 2020 with Flash dying, it hasn't been active for, like, a good, like, nearly two years now. So I'm really concerned about how that's going to go. But it's just, like, there were so many, yeah, like, there were just so many huge... Uh, like, pieces and portals in different areas for people around the world to go through, converse, to show their own creations. I mean, I guess, like, in the midst of all that, because, of course, Newgrounds is the first one to come up, but not only did they do, like, uh, standard, what is it, uh, animations to be able to go through and, like, give people the opportunity to spread it to the masses, but it's just, I guess, just to at least quickly Mm -hmm. point out, like, what because it wasn't just animations and it wasn't just UI. They were able to do... Like, you were able to do so much with macromedia and leading into Adobe Flash, considering that, like, you had, like, classic stuff like Neopets. You had classic stuff like Club Penguin. You had all these different, like, not only portals and sites that you would be able to go through and, like, act on not kind of like a social media, but just a social interactive site that you'd be able to go through and interact with people with different games mm-hmm. and different... Uh, different times in different places and different t- just people in general like it was kind of amazing like in that round and i mean uh like classic stuff like congregate and then in terms of like just game game sites in particular that gave you so many opportunities to kind of like pave your own path and give people different methods of entertainment and opportunity cool math games addicting like games and miniclip were definitely like the ones that i frequented the most and it was just there were so many hours inside (laughs) the computer lab at home after school. Like there were just way, I never did get into like the major ones, like cup, like club penguin, uh, like maple story, like, wow, like, like not any of the bigger ones. Like there were just, uh, it was just so many hours and so many like days, like spent going through on these sites and having the opportunity to like have so much choice and so many options because everybody wanted their own opportunity and everybody wanted to make their personal stamp with their own style, whether it was a game, whether it was an animation, or whether it was just a site in general,
1: yeah, there are a lot of. It's it taking a look at the program now. It's just really simple to get started with any sort of animation project. You know, um, it taught a lot of people about the fundamentals of just animating things and doing it efficiently, right? And you making sure that you like just have a background and move only what you need to move in order to make an to sell an animation. So it got people uh, introduced to the idea of like framing, keyframing. You know, start and finish and how to like do it efficiently because, um, you know, efficiency back in those times was the game, right? Low bandwidth means that you got to compress the file size, got to make it accessible to everybody else. A lot of cool things. I don't know. Were there any particular, uh, I guess flash animations that we want to kind of go down memory lane and discuss?
0: Yeah, I would definitely say like the easiest one to go through and jump to would have been Newgrounds because mm-hmm. it was, it was definitely one for me in particular that it wasn't the one that I frequented the most, but it was the one that I would always like consistently go back around because it was one of the largest domains on that, on the internet to not only upload your stuff like with a decent where you, where the portal was decent mm-hmm. and the servers were running fine, but it was also just so like it could get yes. dark. <laughs> it was, uh like towards the mid in the late two thousands, it, it like you could do and make anything. And so, you know, just, Blood, gore, the like, the edgy yeah. teen stuff. It, it wasn't... I wasn't into anime at the time, but what <laughs> definitely filled that void was just the amount of violence and, uh, like, madness and storytelling that you were able to, like, complete in the same vein. Like, the majority that came out of Newgrams. Like, that very vulgar kind of humor that came out of, like, guys yeah. like Egoraptor, like Tom Fulp. Like, all of... Like, they they basically had a really good way to just... Uh, like, set up and display their vision, but they were also incredibly good at comedic timing and, like, mm-hmm. settling up. Like, I can't tell you how many times I rewatched watched Metal Gear Like, it, it's just, like, so consistently, A every single time, like I, like, I would go back and watch
1: it. Yeah. It was insane. Oh, man. This is, like, when, like, back in the early days when there were just, like, guys in the basements just working on their own small stuff. I think, like, how Eagle Raptor put it, there's just that... Um, uh he was doing voiceovers or something of the sort or no um he was he was doing animations for somebody's voiceover and uh he just decided to go with it and upload it just because he thought it was fun and then it blew up on on new grounds and being the most uh most viewed at a point in time i think it was like number one on the portal back in like 2004 2005 something like that and yeah it just takes off it takes it puts people in trajectories where they don't expect you know where all the fame where you get all this attention all this fame and like, and this is like pre-YouTube as well. This is like 2003, 2002, that somewhere around that time, prior to the advent of YouTube, where eventually most people who were on Newgrounds migrated to because that's just where the money was and it was just a stronger platform. But uh, Newgrounds created its own sort of culture. They had, uh, I think, quality was something that uh, Tom Fulp was a little bit more concerned with. He had like an automated process to to make sure that all the flash, uh, flash animation, sub- or submissions. Got filtered out so you can make sure that at least like it was of somewhat decent quality before before it was able to be accepted right so it would stay linger like, on the site for maybe about a day and if it didn't pass um the user rating they would just delete it immediately and just make sure that the best the mess was always on top
0: yeah yeah that kind of quality control was definitely it was rare because it was definitely you could never bring yourself about to like kind of because the uh, the majority of the time was like kind of early yeah. shit posting in a vein where you get where you could make a really really stupid joke like a, a strawberry basically insulting yeah. a child or um like what was it donkeys donkeys old like <laughs> eat my ass <laughs> yeah. sort of started a ridiculous video it, where it was that kind of stuff but yeah it was the people who stuck with it and actually took this towards a passion like Tom mm-hmm. like ego. And kind of was able to go through. But even then, there were all these... Like, the classic one-hit wonders of the internet, where it's like, new maneuver was a part of that. The Star Wars rap, where you would literally just have to either load it up on a vinyl Black Sheep or Newgrounds, but it would take a fucking long time because of how... Or at least for me, how slow my <laughs> bandwidth was. And it was just kind of like, I'm your father, I'm your father, I'm your yeah. father. <laughs> it was just, like, rewatching all those videos was just kind of like, holy shit, this was... Yeah, no, this was a good chunk of my childhood. Mm -hmm. Easy. Like, that end of Z-World, Ultimate Showdown of Ultimate Destiny ended up, I think just last year, ended up getting a remaster and, like, a... uh, What was it? Um, Like, it was a collaboration, an inspired collaboration that got put on YouTube last year. If anybody remembers this or even doesn't, just either watch the original or go watch the remake because, like, both of them just do a fantastic job at like selling like how ridiculous and how much you could get away with like back in the time like you could there was no copyright like you could you could drag (laughs) anything you want when you wanted and bring it in and it was always it was more of an inspiration rather than something Mm -hmm. that you would like take and it's like oh yeah well because of how fucking ridiculous copyright is now i mean during this <clears throat> that kind yeah. of freedom i mean during, yeah. the,
1: during that period of time it was the early mc of the internet where you know people were just putting out content even before it was able to be monetized or at least monetized in the conventional ways that we, we can see it now through like ad revenue and what have you it was more just individual independent creators creating content that they wanted and that they just felt was fun and uh is also like just a way that you can you know engage with the community you were able to put something else out there and then people would iterate off of your your creation and then you just have this exchange right part of the days where like internet anonymity allowed you to take on these online personas and just post whatever it was that you wanted and because it was the early days of that time uh basically anybody who could animate even crudely uh would would have been accepted onto to new grounds uh because there were so few like people who who had the ability and had the insight to do stuff like this were um Still starting to develop that sort of a um, support network, right? If you knew, you knew. If you didn't, you didn't. And uh, if you didn't know, you had to do a lot of work to to know what you needed to know. So I I have a I have a good appreciation for you know, pav like paving the way, pioneering a a, a way for
0: you to put out your own content. Yeah, having those opportunities to go through and set that up. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it new grounds itself was just such a gold mine for like not only just opportunity, but like having just create a worldwide uh, like opportunity for creators to actually go through and make that, I guess. And then like in particular outside of it, because there was a lot of stuff that was either through, like I was about to say, it's like there, there wasn't really much 3d animation. There was, there was 3d rigging and modeling in the early days and some, but because it was all, like it was all 2D, like at that point that you were but able to uh do a good job in solving that. I think like going through a couple of the classic things that I was able to at least watch inside of Newgrounds, I think like being reintroduced to the castle series was definitely one. And the castle series in particular was like one of the facets, one of the uh one of the biggest general series that um was going through and one of the simpler ones that was easier for people to get into, which would have been just the general stick figure Mm. community because there was just so much that you could do with just, it it was the basis Mm -hmm. of animation where it's just, okay, you don't even need to do an outline. You can just have the most basic shape and maybe give them some hair, maybe Mm -hmm. give them a weapon, like give them, like give them the hyper detailed eyes, but give them something. But because that kind of animation was so simple and so like down to earth in the sense that you were able to, not have to worry too much about uh the specific detail it it was all Mm -hmm. set in motion like it was all the majority of your time and your effort could be for more focused on the choreography and how the characters Mm -hmm. interacted and then if you had more than enough connections inside the inside of the bit you could actually get people to go on and voice in your content Mm -hmm. like castle did did you ever uh did you ever like have the opportunities like see any uh, of the castle i don't think series? i got into
1: any of the castle series i think most of like my experience with stick figure animation was maybe the xiao xiao series where it was just like really intense really oh yeah uh well choreographed sort of fights um it was just interesting too because uh they got really detailed you could get some like some bending some some tweening there was the animator who did xiao xiao understood like a lot of like, um, he he timed like all the sound effects too. So the punches felt weighty. Um, He had like a lot of the motion so that, you know, a lot of these uh, bodies that were flying across left and right across the screen, like felt like they were, they had impact. It was just, yeah. Having stick figures as the basis of animation just made everything really, really simple. You were able to put more of your attention to a lot of the other details. And um, it's just a really accessible sort of um, medium, right? Uh, you can layer on all sorts of ways. There are all sorts of ways that you can, like, use stick figures in your project. You can do, like, a slow uh, story. You can actually have, like a-, like, a dialogue included in your in your stories. You could have like, little text bubbles if you want to. And you didn't have to worry too much about, like, details of the characters either. You could just have, like, you could maybe focus. Uh, it didn't even have to be, like, action-oriented, too. You could have... I-, I watched a lot of series that were more story-focused. And it was more, like, um, how to describe it. It's, like... Like a cutscene in the RPG,
0: yeah. Like any, yeah. Like anyone's in particular that uh, like stood out to you, or like stood the test oh, of time when you I came don't know. back. Oh, I think.
1: Do you ever remember uh, an animation called Johnny Rocket Fingers? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, there uh, it is. So uh. that was kind of fun. I I liked that. Um, it was one of the better better produced ones. Um, but yeah, I remember playing the point and click adventure game, and you just there's a lot of flavor to it, right? There's a lo- you have like. Uh, small little point-and-click adventures, um, and then an animation would occasionally play here and there. Uh, it was just a smart way to, like, interact with your audience, given, like, this is, like, maybe, at best, like, a 2-megabyte, 3-megabyte kind of um, game at that point in time. Running on what you could, yeah. Um, there was also the the popular uh, animation versus animator run. Oh, Ellen Becker,
0: yeah. Oof. That was... It was, like, oh,
1: so creative, too. Like, it was, like, it understood the meta of things uh it was able to, like so basically the basis of animator versus animate animation versus animator is that um you have a stick figure who an animator is drawing and it takes on its own it's his own consciousness uh and then gets in some crazy things where like uh he's breaking the fourth wall he's breaking the fourth
0: wall of the window he's the breaking program. the program uh, <laughs> itself like the windowed program like <laughs> inside of macromedia or or at that yeah. time it was adobe And it was just, like, yeah, the way, and not only the ways that, uh, what was it, the ways that the stick figure itself was able to fight back, but the Alan, like, the animator who was drawing the rest of it, where it's kind of like, oh, the frame tiles, I'm going to use that as a, oh, excuse me, I'm going to use that as an (laughs) ammo dock to use it as a turret to, like, go through, but the stick figure itself has to, like, go through and try to adapt to everything that's going around, use all the tools that are inside of the program itself. And it's just kind of like, nah, fuck you. All right, I've completely and utterly destroyed this program. Time to go yeah. wreck shit on your computer <laughs> inside the desktop. It was, it was so, it was so meta in a way that I had never like really seen before, like way back when. And it just, oh, it was one of like the prime uh, like stick figure uh, animations that were like kind of like breaking the scene and actually getting more it's, people into like, it.
1: Like super tongue in cheek about it. Had a great comedy. It was also like. Oops, fluidly animated it was just really clever they took a lot of like tropes like uh copy pasting um things so you could have more things on the (laughs) screen it's just like yeah it's it's good i i dug it i dig it a lot um and the fact that he was able to like produce a series of animation versus animator or yeah uh was really neat because like you had a continuity to it like maybe once every like other year he might produce like a 10-minute episode of something but like when you think about like the length of these animations like somebody had to like work on this pretty tirelessly for i don't know in a space where like there was no guaranteed profit this is just a passion project at this point and uh and i don't know it's just really endearing to see that somebody's been able to put this much effort into it anyways there was also the um i think like w- the one of the first videos that i saw on um on sick page was um whatchamacallit counter stick
0: you remember that one yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah no it was yep. It it was definitely in a, it was a time that was weird because I knew that it was based off of yes. a video game, but it was way too early for me to know I was too young to know what mm-hmm. uh, Counter-Strike was, like either 1. 1.5 1. 1.6, like the classic for the rest of it. So, just the storytelling and like the jokes and the comedic timing in general was still uh, like funny in its own way, but it was still able to um like go through and like even bring about a good amount of conflict and a good amount of comedy inside of a game that i'd like never heard of or never played before at the time it's like yeah sure i i've put like a good amount of time in CS:GO. yeah i still play like shit, but <laughs> like even but like even back then actually giving me the opportunity and technically that this was like my first introduction to the world of cs was like yeah that yeah. that was really interesting uh, is that,
1: even just like for the basis the basis of the storytelling is mostly just like text bubble uh it's, it was really basic just text bubble uh, penny shots of, of the, the map so to speak and just like a lot of a lot of sound effects and and little voice clips yeah it was it was good i I'd, i liked it for the time i think if i were to revisit it, it might feel a little bit different but it be fine <laughs> it's always simple yeah. Yeah. really um, simple and then we get into like some other ah one of the sandouts to like Newgrounds to me was also like um the the madness series you remember that at all
0: uh but yeah no madness combat it's that was definitely one where it was also one of those, uh, uh, it, it, like, it, it's one of the classics. Like, it's definitely one of the ones that, for me, especially with how it's blended and still made its way, like, into modern times and still, like, lives to this day and is still being worked on, especially since it's been 20 years since uh, Matt Jolly put it out. And, well, Matt Jolly, but Crinkles is definitely the one that uh, is the name that, like, pops up. Uh, whenever the conversation surrounds this mm. series, considering that yeah, it was uh, when I found it out, I did I didn't like jump into it immediately like back in two thousand two in the in the first one. The first one that I watched was five, and I think five came out at around uh, like oh mm-hmm. seven oh eight. Like that was just crazy in terms of like what he was able to do and accomplish because it was more his like not only was it the action, it was um. Uh, critical storyboarding yeah. especially with how he was able to can like push this story which was very simple where it's like uh the dude is yeah the dude just fights mm-hmm. people because he's a troublemaker, and then he wants to make more trouble so yeah. he's going to kill the sheriff like it was, it was all, all over some some pie. Pie. uh
1: it's like it's really interesting to me the, the madness series because it started out with the madness one was just a very again a simple story about just a guy who's making some trouble and just wanted some pie and these he just the sheriff sends over some goons to rough him up and he just keeps fighting them off um the first episode the first within the series were really tame and really mild and then as like each iteration each episode or installment of the series it got more and darker more violent uh and he was also able to like flesh out like a small little uh world like crinkle's world building was super fascinating to me because nothing was ever explained other than like somewhere in nevada right
0: and and that was it. that was it that was the only uh, setup was... that you got <laughs> and dude just wrecks shit yeah. in the it's middle just, of the state like
1: yeah it's a lot of like uh inferred like implied storytelling where you just understand like that hank the main guy is just this guy who just you know he wants him he wants some pie uh and then eventually you know there are a whole bunch of accidents that happen along the way he gets he you always think he's gonna die and he's he basically like at the end of every uh installment you think he's uh he's basically blown to bits but he keeps coming back and it's always like oh it's so it's so interesting like how you yeah it's i don't know it gets a little ridiculous after a little bit of time like i think in the latest installment of the series it's just like you get in some fourth wall breaking sort of stuff where the world is like in chaos everything the sky is red and black um it's a it's a huge detour
0: from like where it was when it began it's so chaotic it's so off the wall like especially how it's evolved over the past two decades like leading into it because yeah it was just what is it it's he he gets shot in the second one he gets stabbed in the third one he gets blown up in the fourth one and i didn't realize that i I just thought the bandanas were like a part of his face in the fifth one, which is the first one I watched. But when I, I realized it's like, no, yeah, no, this, uh, he's, he's being held together by bandages because he's literally been blown into smithereens. And his, and like, thankfully, the new body he gets in six, like, just, like, it keeps going, like, it keeps getting mm-hmm. even crazier and crazier. Actually, no, and, and it was so weird, especially like his, never mind, his design in six was that they, he yeah. got his head ripped off. And then the clown was, like, so... The clown is so Joker-esque in his... What was it? ...one, where it's, like, it's it's not in the same vein where it's, like, oh, I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Where it's more like, oh, I want to kill you, but it's so much more fun when you're around. So I'll kill you again and again and again and again and again, and then keep bringing you back to life, because honestly, dude... Shit is so boring without you here. And it's such a weird, just crazy dynamic between like two uh, between two of the characters in uh, inside of this world, on top of which, like, what is it? The savior himself, yeah, keeps bringing yeah. himself back into it. but it's just that <laughs> the madness has to end, where he was initially a guy who was brought in by the sheriff to be like, mm-hmm. Uh, like his bodyguard but then as it goes on where it's just no i am fucking sick and tired i've been thrown into this hellhole <laughs> called nevada i was the one who was supposed to purge the wicked and now it's gotten to the point where everything is so chaotic and out of hand that the my my only goal is to shut everything and anything that is happening mm-hmm. here and nothing will stand in my way like it, it, yeah. it's, it I is mean, insane. Hence,
1: hence madness combat. Uh, I don't know. Crinkles. It's also like interesting how they had a collaborative effort on newgrounds because like, that's just a platform where, you know, a lot of creators will congregate. So the guy who did the, uh, the music for Crinkles, uh, um, has mm-hmm. been working with him for like a long time. He's just, John Hodges, I think it is. Yeah. It's kind of neat. Like how you can get like cross, like just collaborations within a space
0: and the fact that the yeah i mean the fact that the series itself is not only running to this day but because of how like massive it was in its um in its inspiration that they literally just designated a singular day because of how many uh, yeah madness day how because of how much um like fan content and yeah influence and other projects that were going through and it's like okay so we understand it's very popular although i will admit the one thing that i am going to give crinkles is that like the best most unique but innovative design choice of his was that I can't draw for shit. Like that, that that's just (laughs) general. It's part of it's because I'm lazy, but also because I just feel like I have absolutely no, um, just drive or passion or talent like around the set. But I, the only, one of the only things that I do know is that one of the classic ways to like begin the Mm -hmm. facial construction process of of a model is like having that yes. oval and the cross like on top of their face and I didn't and I thought that was just a regular design choice but it was like the fact that he was able to use that yeah. as like such a good meta take is, on uh, like I mean, how this to design is his own characters like, was like the beginning right, of like uh, I see you that's <laughs> like the, the
1: basis for like the stick figure equivalent in 3D right so yeah the stick yes, figure sir. equivalent to, to 3D and uh, yeah it's just really easy really easy to set up your characters like this and just dress them up in different ways and have them animate the things they need to animate
0: yeah i definitely do think that yeah madness day like did a lot of good stuff it was able to it bought in a lot of video games that i played like every like every year it came around i would check in i would look at the games i would look at the fan art i would look at the like compilations and the collaborations and the productions that they were able to go through and like bring through because yeah for me in particular the one that popped up it, for, i'm trying to think i didn't uh, I didn't watch the first one when it came out in 07, but I think it was 2009, uh, where I ended up watching the first. Or no, it was it was 2010. 2010 was the year that Zionic Madness 3 came out, and Zionic Madness is just easily like bar none the best uh, like uh-huh. madness inspired project to date. Like it, it's just it is so good in terms of not only the action uh, and the pacing, it, the first episode or two, which uh, the guy put out in 07 and 08 was more uh, voiceless, like it was more text box and for the rest of it, and then it got into this more evolved, grittier style from Mm -hmm. part three onwards, and it also included voice work to kind of like give all the characters that had been like recently just more stale, like voiceless Mm -hmm. and voiceless for the rest of that, and they did a really good job like Bringing this not only into a world that's not uh, like related to the banda series, but like si- like similar design, similar setup. It really focuses on guns. It really focuses on ultraviolence, but the story and the characters that were like melding and revolving around all the conflict that happened in the, in this series was just, oh, and and the fact that you would I would still have to wait like a year or two because the all these projects were like such a big effort for the handful of people that worked on it where it was just kind of like, look, yes, I understand. I'm only going to get 10 minutes of content a year yeah. and I'm gonna be happy with it because it was just like that good and that <laughs> well set up and- yeah. uh, Small time structures, you know,
1: and you have to think about like how many frames across, like if you if you think about like how many frames per second that they would willing to animate, it's like what? Like at best, at the very worst, maybe 16 frames per second or something like that, right? Uh, if they really put it out there, it might be like twenty-four frames. But somebody had to like you know copy paste you know all the movement, choreograph it. Yeah, it's just it took a long time. So anytime we got like even a treat of animation, it's just like wow, thanks guys. This is uh, like I understand
0: it's gonna it's gonna take some time, take mm-hmm. some time, take some effort. Back in the days where everybody was just driven on passion and side projects, you would the vast majority yeah. of them you would barely see uh-huh. a scent. but. Like with what they were able to create just mm-hmm. off of that alone was just—it's the reason why, or it's one of the reasons why, like at least like animation in of its sense, like going onto the internet nowadays has definitely been having that as like the as like a totem and a birthplace and inspiration for like that kind of those kinds of projects. Were definitely something that the internet needed, and I'm definitely glad to see that it's actually not only evolved, but continued to move forward, like even in the midst of the new mm-hmm. age of the internet today.
1: Uh, I guess like in terms of, of other sort of content, Uh what about Weeble? You remember Weeble? Yeah, the badger, badger, oh, badger, yeah. badger, 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 mushroom, badger, 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 badger mushroom, like, mushroom, <laughs> oh Simpl- my god. <laughs> simple animations, the classic but like this yeah. their, their, their place. Just fun songs and choreographies added to this. Just honorable mention. Yep. But, salad fingers salad fingers jesus christ spoon um it's different like i'm glad that people are getting out there and getting experimental with their content and the fact that like you know um they're not concerned with whatever's popular for monetization they just want to do what they want their interpretation of content that they want um so the fact that salad fingers is like out there and had you know some pretty moderate success was kind of interesting to me i can't seem it was just yeah. <laughs> it was just one of those times oh, yeah. Which other ones? Tom Flip. Uh, there's also like um like Tom Tom Fulp's, um Alien Hominid game that that was released, and also like his Pico series that we we started off on.
0: Right. Yeah, he is, which became one of the mascots of Newgrounds, like in its yeah, like in its infancy. Like, like oh yeah, no. I mean,
1: like a lot of these creators put out small bits of content like over a longer course of time and like they can they end up developing their own sort of like uh, universe for these characters and it's just fun to to play around with them it's you know keep, keep
0: keep building on on a series yeah. And even the ones that were like small enough in the infancy of like the website itself, like even found mainstream success, like not only like on the portal itself to play the games, but then like mm-hmm. alien hominid got a game. Uh, I mean uh, like dirt Bike got a game. Like what is it? Helicopter yeah. ended up just yeah. turning into flappy bird. Like, like all of these, all of these general uh, like sets for not only animations, but games themselves were able to at least like find their footing and also have the opportunity to go through and just, Expand out to uh, like the general like general consoles and like the general uh, like age and demographic to actually (laughs) go out and uh, buy them too to actually make to finally make some profit to make some dough on their hard earned cash, which is definitely something that I was excited to see too other ones that we want to dojo for
1: another like for a lot of League of Legends inspired like animation combat. There was also like,
0: um, ah, Alvin Earthworm and the Super Mario Bros. Z. Sprite animation in general too. Like, yeah, that was that was easily like the first one that popped up and probably one of my most like rewatched things. Like once like once I got out of the portal and once he started posting on YouTube too, because there was just so much frame loss that I found, but he was still doing a really good job at like creating these um like at creating these worlds and at creating these um, opportunities, but also before I ended up starting watching anime, yes, I knew what Dragon Ball Z was, and I knew that, and I knew it's super. But the fact that he was able to combine this into like a high octane sprite-filled action fest that mm-hmm. also had like a reoccurring story with all the characters that they ended up bringing through, not only from Mario's world from Sonic's world, but I guess in the it same was, um, vein of like, um, yeah. well, technically Mario's world, I guess, but like, um. Uh, Stars, of, Stars power? of Power, I'm trying to remember the name. Like, it was a, it was an N64... Like, there was a Mario oh, uh, turn-based strategy game that was, like, the Genesis. Oh not Paper Mario. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, even before Paper It was the Mario RPG. Yeah, like, basically that. Like, that's where... He was able to bring... Like, he was so deep into that, like, style of game that Alvin ended up, like, putting out characters inside of that world and bringing them, like, onto his projects. Like, it was just... Oh, he had everything. Like everything, like Nintendo <laughs> and Sega related, he would always just bring it up and reference it. But his animation, like it was relatively simple in the first ones, but like once mm-hmm. you got to like six, seven, and eight, like those episodes yeah. were oh. fucking crazy with yeah. what he was able. It was to accomplish super simple too, because animations. like um the
1: he he would reuse the assets in smart ways. Where um okay, so like for for those uninitiated, Super Mario Bros. Z is basically a Dragon Ball Z esque story set in the Mario universe where Mario and Luigi get some foreign invaders um where Dr. Robotnik ends up transporting himself to or Chaos Emerald ends up getting transported into the Mario world uh and then they have to then Mario and Luigi have to go on this journey to like uh get these visitors back to where they came from and you know it's that that sort of story right the Chaos Emeralds are basically equivalent to the Dragon Balls in this series. And then, like, um, Metal Sonic is sometimes Vegeta, main antagonist, right? He is Dr. the main Bob antagonist, kind of like yeah. Twisting villain. And then Bowser's also in the, in, in the midst of it. So you have, like, this uh, these villains teaming up with the other series villains. And then, like, sh- uh, Shadow and Sonic are, like, the equivalent to... Uh, how
0: would you describe it? Goku, Vegeta? Like, Goku, yeah, Vegeta, yeah. Trunks, uh... maybe. Like, Future Trunks could also be, like, a part of that... <laughs> yeah, uh, now that I think about it, fuck, <laughs> it's like, oh shit! So it's just the the cell saga, but in uh, Mario Sega like crossover universes in sprite form. Yeah, wow, um, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! But, I didn't, um, I fact, didn't think about like, it that
1: he, way. He used uh, what? It was just like a nice attention to detail where he took a lot of things that were in universe in the in the Mario games and Sonic games, uh, even the like the way that they write their where he wrote his dialogue in those like standard text bubbles that you're familiar with those super Mario RPGs and use that as, as the method to convey the story was also kind of like, Oh, that's nice. That's a good, that's, it makes me feel immersed in the story. Like this is something like an actual Mario game that I could have played or Sonic game that I could have played. But instead, like we got these like bombastic fight sequences that are very anime-esque in style, uh, even like the sound effects, like when they're like flashing and flashing around and they're moving really, really fast, like the sound effects. Compiled with the way that he choreographed the fights were pretty simple. Um, when you think about it, it's just like a still frame, maybe a flash or a particle effect, and then you uh, switch the position of the characters. Uh, but he was able to sell it so well that I just felt it. It was like so efficient. Like I-, I, would want so much more of it. And because it was, he did it so well and so efficiently, he was able to pump out at, like you know eight eight or ten episodes like it's really good and all those were like maybe like 10 or 15 minutes at length and it was just like wow i feel like you could he could have actually made a solid series on his in his own right yeah it's it's good and also like how he had like an yeah like an intro it was an intro episode card as well in the same vein of like dragon ball z was also super fun like the oh yeah you knew like if the if the title didn't set
0: up It was always, yeah, the the hue. It was the inspiration on top of the characters, on top of the setting. Like, you knew exactly. Even though, like, at the time, I didn't know where the majority of it lied, considering that I hadn't seen as much Dragon Ball Z. I'd seen Mm -hmm. the memes. I'd seen over 9,000. Like It was just that I wasn't too much into it. But then, looking back in hindsight, how much of its inspiration, like, came from that, if the name already, like, didn't, like, throw that out. But it was just... What he's able to do. The music was from Dragon Ball. The sound effects were from Dragon Ball. Like, uh, the majority of the fights, the high octane, quick, quick combos, very strong, very, like, very fast, like, destruction following anywhere that the majority of the fights ended up, like, setting up. And on top of that, the story being very well constructed, where it's just, you have, you have all these characters, you have their general goal, you have, you understand why it's important, why everybody is terrified of Metal Sonic. Metal Sonic easily being, like, one of the best mm-hmm. Flash villains of the 2000s. Just, like, out of somebody who was just a, like, throwaway gag, yeah. like, like a throwaway uh, yeah. boss in one of the original Sonic games. And Alvin is able to use him as a very dragon, like, even worse of a Dragon Ball ZS threat. Like, yeah. very much like, he's Frieza, basically, with his malicious intent, and just his incredible Uh, not necessarily wit, but his efficiency on what he wants. He knows what he wants and how to get it. And he he takes a much more uh, interactive role than Frieza does in the beginning of like, say, the Frieza Frieza saga and even a more interactive approach than like probably same deal. He takes as much of a direct approach Mm -hmm. as Cell did like in his own saga. But it's more of like a, if you're going after the Dragon Balls, Mm -hmm. then you're taking a bit of Frieza as well. But seeing how much... And how much of a terror like Mechasonic is inside of this world is like you understand why people are just scared shitless of this character. And whenever anybody has no idea what he is and they feel like they have an opportunity to go through and they feel like they have the upper hand, it's just... oh, no, you're just going to get your shit kicked yeah. in. Like, oh you have no idea <laughs> what uh, kind of power this robot yeah, is capable even the way of. It is just he insane. Like, he he does, like, the,
1: the build-up ominous sort of soundtrack play in the background, and he puts, like, really, like, um, in-universe, in- weak characters in in those situations. You're just like, oh, man, how are they going to get out of this? Like, I felt the tension. It was there. Um, and it's also, like, really cool, too, how he was able to really use a lot of the game sprite animations From the games and incorporate that into their own special attacks and and combat uh it was just fun right you like luigi is this goofy always scared skittish uh guy like counter to to mario and then you have like this super serious metal sonic fighting uh fighting him and it's like wow this is this is in character this is like the way that the characters move is in character of who they are and it's also using a lot of like like their movesets from the classic games and reinterpreting them in like a Dragon Ball Z esque fashion was like super cool. Like where you had like uh like uh the Mario fireballs and like it was just like amped up to like eleven. Like oh it's just so cool. Ah, oh, so many cool things. Uh, the capes. All the, the power ups, all the references, football. all yeah, the all resources these, all
0: these that he things.
1: used. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I liked I like small content creators like that. It was good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Episodes episodes six and eight were like they're they're very neck and neck for like being the best one. Considering that episode six was like the end of Yoshi Island, and then episode eight was the uh, assault mm. on Bowser's uh, Sky Fortress, and it was and just what he was able to accomplish like in that short amount of time was something that was just legendary. It was I was kind of choked, but under like it was understandable because he was able to put out eight episodes. So call it so call it like 120 minutes of content over the course of uh, four years, between 2006 and 2009. And then after a long bit of silence in 2011, I believe it was around 2011 or 2012, where he like made a public post on Newgrounds where it's just like he was, it, it was either in the middle of school, like he had lost his passion. He was mm-hmm. in the middle of production on episode nine and just, which sucked because episode eight ended on a cliffhanger. And then he was saying like, guys, I don't think episode nine is ever going to come out where it's just, I can't like keep pushing myself like through the majority of this production it's like taking a lot out of me the same drive that i had in the beginning of this project was not is not the same as it is now mm-hmm. and there's not really much i can do fast forward to 2019 and he officially makes a comeback with a team of animators oh, and a full patreon backed account to remake the entire oh series gosh. from scratch and so he's already an exponentially longer. Like, the first two episodes alone oh. are 40 minutes Jeez. each. So so Alvin and his team have already made, have already remade the first two episodes of the series. At, and he's in, I, I can't remember if he's in the middle of production of the third or the fourth. But he started that back in 2019 he, like, he has the time, he has the effort, he has the backing, and he also has what it seems to be the same drive that he did back in the 2000s. And so he's now in the middle of remaking the entire series from the ground up. And, like, and like all these episodes have been around 40 minutes long that he's put out so far, and he seems passionate at the moment, and he seems driven, and he's going to continue, and the day maybe at some point in the 2020s maybe he'll be able to catch up to where he was initially at back in 2009 but i don't know i'm <laughs> excited and i'm glad uh, for the dude
1: everything's coming around full circle even like now when you think about crinkles uh, as well like he's trying to produce a madness like a true madness game and he's been he has like a lot of like successful flash games but he's trying to make it uh his own project he's trying to look for
0: a game developer who's willing to like do some things for him yeah, yeah no i think that just cool. recently came out like I think it was yeah, like Mad yeah. Madness Project Nexus, like that was like uh, it. It just came out on Steam this year, yeah. like about two or three months ago, and it's been, cool. and the reviews have been overwhelmingly positive. It's been, it's it looks oh, yeah. like it it fits the style. It's like set nice, it up. Kringle's nice, had nice. like a direct hand in it. It's uh, like I haven't I haven't been able to uh, jump into any of the gameplay yet, but it is so, madness right. through and through. Like they've done apparently from audience reception they've done a really good job at like setting up a game inside of that style so oh yeah, yeah it's, it it's is. definitely on steam I, I can't remember if i yeah i can't remember if i looked at it on sale or or and i can't remember the price but yeah no it's yeah, from what i've heard it's, it's doing a really good job
1: oh, solid i'm so glad coming around full circle we had like alien hominid that released on gamecube and it was like wow this is you know this is just like some some small some small time dude who yeah just, baby produces his own product product get out there on the mass market i mean like it was it was a cultural success for us like for anybody who was in in on the ins they knew yeah it's just nice it's nice to see like small creator representation
0: yeah and there was <laughs> Yeah, uh, what was I going through? Like, were there, because I know, like, recently there have been also in terms of like sprite animation, like mm-hmm. a lot of uh, like MapleStory related content, because mm-hmm. same deal, sprite stuff, uh, like, set up. There was a really good, um, unbreakable, like, um, wood collab that was like done in the same vein mm-hmm. and has been popped up over the past, like, couple of years. But, um, like, was, was there more, because I, th- like, unfortunately, I didn't really know as much. Mm-hmm. I knew that MapleStory existed. I had buddies of mine that played yes. like a good chunk of time in high school. But what I also didn't realize that on top of just uh, like the regular sprite animation community that there was also a possibility inside of the um, mm-hmm. yeah, MapleStory community. there's a whole
1: bunch of like fan and sprite animations that uh, were used just because the sprites were available in um, in code. In fact, um, some of the fans decided, some guy decided to set up a an animation template Ah, uh, filled with a whole bunch of sprites for um, just anybody who wanted to make their own stuff. Uh, he called it Band Story, um, so it had like the classic uh, MapleStory animations, the characters, um, and it's it's all there, right? The facial feature, the the facial expressions are all emotes in game. Uh, a lot of the animations for the for the attacks are already in games, so like you may as well just it's a sandbox. You can do whatever you'd like with it. You can Let's see, yeah, uh, there were a couple of popular series that. Uh that followed a lot of, like, uh, traditional tropes of anime, right, like, uh, I think there was one guy who did something similar to, like, Samurai Champloo, where there were two, you know, two guys decided to fight fight each other, and then they're trying to escort this, like, princess or somebody of, of value out to someplace, um, yeah, also just, like, fight collabs, like, uh, fight compilations, those are good, um, even, like, the MapleStory music videos as well, which I, I had some friends, like, singing to, like, ah i don't know it's just nice it's nice to see like people making stuff to other stuff um full story music videos like um you just pick pick your favorite song and like imagine like how you might express it through the characters of these sprites it's kind of neat you know pick your pick your lincoln parks Pick your uh whatcham call it
0: uh slipknot <laughs> like there was a lot yeah there there was a very general like, main, like, set, whether it was just, um, like, action, action set pieces, or, like, music videos for the rest of it, where it was just kind of, like, yeah, when I look back on, like, um, uh, what was it, when I look back and actually, like, (laughs) soon, like, re-go through all these videos, it was just, like, yep, uh, there was, yep, Slipknot, Breaking Benjamin, Rise Against, like, there was a very consistent through line to just give all of the action, like, the very consistent tone, but also have that, like, Rock hard solid edge to kind of like bring it all through. Like, there was a lot of a lot of uh consistent uh animations, not like Flash and Stick Figure, like that kind of like use that same kind of atmosphere and tone to kind of like bring their to bring their action to fruition. But yeah, no, it was like there was there was very similar for a mm. lot of ways, it was very similar. Mm. What else? But yeah, I guess I'll just cr- quickly bring it back to um, yeah, it, it, like stick figures in general. It was definitely, like, the main, uh, like, through line, especially, like, in the in the main one that I definitely watched the most inside of the 2000s, where it was like, yeah, there would be times where a couple of projects would only be able to be viewed on Newgrounds and stuff, but, like, for portals, like, Stick Page and Fluid animals, mm-hmm. like, that was my bread and butter. Like, that was the baseline nearly every day after school, going to the portal, checking what new animations people put out, like like going to see like what um what new stuff like people would be making in terms of like collaborations or different music videos or different projects or in particular the rock hard gladiator uh series considering that that was something that uh was like settled up it was originally com, which was it, it was a a domain that was beyond my time considering that it only had a short uh, living frame because it was it wasn't able to keep up with servers and so rock hard Adams basically oh, merged okay. itself with uh, stick page and so stick page was like the rock hard gladiator and it was basically just um, one creator right. makes a stick figure fighter somebody else does the same and they make a bio like it's like here's their powers here's their weapons here's their color here's their design and just get in contact with each other and make a one-on-one with your own like unique created characters okay. in the middle of this uh community and so there was just so many like for me in particular the names that i remember the most were definitely the ones that were inside of that community and like we like having battles going back and forth between like uh just a plethora of different uh characters and setups through the rest of it like i mean Uh, Tarantula, uh, sorry, Tarantula, Mr. Picks, um, and Avon's, like, were one of the major ones that, like, started out creating ones where it was, like, Tarantula, you had tentacles, Mr. Picks, he was one that could (laughs) basically change his shape, change his density, like, go beyond the form of a regular, uh, stick figure, like, N'Zool was a dude who carried a big (laughs) fuck-off cross, like, Nicholas D. Wolf would have Trigun, and... Yeah, parts of the cross had knives and guns and one one big katana that also popped out of it. Uh, Gilded Guy was just a dude with a helmet and a couple of weapons, like he was very much a knight. Hyun is definitely one that we'll get back to, considering that Hyun in particular is definitely uh, the one that I would bring up and is trying to drive the modern uh, like stick figure community today to kind of like keep that one yeah, because alive. He's been
1: featured pretty prolifically, especially like right. because we both play league. Um he was featured on a lot of like uh, like League of Legends fan creation content in the early days uh, where they were putting it up on streams for um for tournaments and things like that. So he got a lot of he got he got some spotlights.
0: Right. Eric Juan, yeah, that's it. Cause yeah he's he was the one that um mm-hmm. his character was yo yo. He had a fucking Sonic yo-yo that he would just, like, go through and breeze through, like, a a full set of baddies, as well as his various opponents that he would go through. But then, yeah, League of Legends was also one, considering that he made, like, four or five stick figure spotlight videos where it was just stick figures, but it was different League characters. And so, like, in the midst of that, between, you know, 2011 and 2013, it was just kind of, like, awesome to see that kind of representation on your own champions and your own characters. And that was awesome. He did his own like drunken stick like individual projects because it was like, yeah, rock art gladiators existed. But of course, like if you're an animator, you're not basically just tied down to one specific idea or one like setup. And you've got projects and you've got ideas. I'm sure you have a character that you can use the majority of those ideas mm-hmm. and give them a place, but he still wanted to go through a couple of ones. I mean, yeah, McCool was good. He was the one yes. for McWizard, Michael Song. Like he like he was so Flashy, and it was basically like he was taking pastels and paintbrushes <laughs> and then just splotting yep. explosions like onto his screen. Like, he was very, like, his was just the McWizard. Yep. And so it's like, yeah, sure, he's a wizard. Like, you can, it's basically all bound by his creativity, mm-hmm. which thankfully for him was in abundance. And so he did a really good job in there. I mean, uh, what was it? Jom, I'm trying to remember No, Oria was the one who had the. Uh, like pincer gauntlets, Jom was the one who had a big. Who was very simple. <laughs> Jom had a big fuck off sword. Yeah. <laughs> like he he was basically shtick. Cloud. That was his. Yeah. that was his whole uh, yeah. rock art gladiator. Yeah, that was his shtick. Drifts. Um, he was like all these classic names. Oh my God! It like just a huge throwback. Drifts was one of the first guys that uh, Alpha fought, and he was basically a dude with a big mm. scythe and electric powers. Like that was his. Like that was his shtick. Um, Stone was one of the original creators of Fluid Anims, which was also another big portal, probably one that I did. Fluid Anims was definitely the one that I went to the most <laughs> in terms of, like, a stick figure content. And for the rest of it, Fluid Anims was also, like, in the midst of a portal. So because Rock Hard Gladiators could also be posted on Sick Page, you could also post them on Fluid Anims, a lot of back and forth. But Fluid Anims, I felt, was, like, the biggest hub for animation specifically because Stickpage was great but Mm -hmm. but it also it was like half animation half games so it was just kind of like another place that you could put your animation on and another one where fluid ends was just strictly here are the daily posts here are the top 50 most viewed posts and here are the best creators and if you're looking for somebody new somebody to interact with or somebody to talk to Mm -hmm. or to somebody to figure out their body of work it was much more Intuitive for a creator-like specific base rather than Stick StickPage was just, okay, well, here are the games, here are the things. I mean, sure, it's you can label it under the same name as the creator in StickPage, but Fluid Animus was definitely something that was a lot more like creator-focused, like in that one where, uh, like, Hyun's Dojo nowadays takes a lot of inspiration from. Uh, but unfortunately, they ended up getting merged with, um, uh, a stick page uh, back in uh, yeah. I believe it was like 2008 because they just couldn't really like go through like the site at hosting issues for the rest of it. Yeah. Stone was one of the, it was basically uh, mm-hmm. stone and turquoise uh, who were the first ones. I mean the other one, the other big guy who wasn't a part of it was Endo, but I got to like shout out to Endo because this was the dude that had Chuck who was just a dude with, um a bandana and flaming nunchucks so like he was a fantastic character that always like had a lot of good and endo was like really good in terms of his animations. He was probably up there yeah. in the top five of my favorites. Uh but for fluid anim specifically, Stone, Travis Steven was imperative uh, through its creation, he even had his own rock art gladiator, who who was basically just a big strongman and a big fuck off hammer. Like that was <laughs> very simple, very very down to earth. But yeah, that was his general um, thing. And if there was Jesus, if there was anybody that you could talk to at length, who thankfully still does stick animations to this day, it would definitely be Phillips Lock and Lolly um, or Turquoise. Who for the longest time I pronounced as turquoise or something really something really silly because I was only uh, like I was like eleven twelve at the time. (laughs) It's like I I tried to pronounce it as I was just trying to like give it uh, give it form like based on how it looked like it was spelled, and then years and years after the fact, it was like wait, it's just oh (laughs) turquoise oh. (laughs) I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, it was so ridiculous. But yeah, no, it's just he, undeniably, um, Phil was the goat of stick figure animation. Like for me, there is just bar none. He is the one that like made the way, paved the way for everybody to look up to. He was the one that made. The most dynamic, the most interesting, and well choreographed fights inside of Rock Hard Gladiators. His independent projects were also stuff that would be incredibly well polished and well set up. He was always intro like because he was one of the uh, like original starters of Fluid Anims. He was very down for collaborations. He had a lot of networking like prowess in terms of like befriending and bringing everybody underneath his own vision, like. Just Mm -hmm. everything revolving around this guy, he was, it like, he is the GOAT. It's just so easy to put him at the top of the totem pole for everything else that was related to the stick figure community Mm -hmm. way back when and even now. And definitely, I mean, you can't necessarily, like, leave out his own creation, which for me, I just called it by how it was Mm -hmm. spelled, F-L-L-F-F-L. And it was like, oh... Like Falf and I thought it was Falfa was like the next one, but then it's just he was very uh, what was it? Like he was he he basically did turquoise in a different way, and then it took me so fucking long to realize that like what he did is that he combined F and L to make like a very cursive A inside of his inside of his set and he was really creative to make it only specific to just two letters and it's like (laughs) oh instead of that it's just alpha yeah damn this damn this dude's creative (laughs) he's he does a really good job and yeah just Phil he's still making animations to this day he's like made a lot of uh, like guides and tutorials on like how he was on how he not only was taught but how he like also worked on his own style and his own uh like vision and how he was able to like self teach him for the majority of the time that he was able to go through and like bring himself into uh the limelight as well as the different um what was it like the different techniques and what he was able to learn on his own versus how he was able to pick up in school it's just that he had so much experience and so much connectivity and so much just so many different ways to go through and connect with the community in like such a drastic way to kind of like bring him as not only like one of the heads of the community, but just easily one of the best, if not the best animator inside (laughs) of like that Mm -hmm. specific style of animation,
1: man. Damn.
0: And I think the last thing like for him in particular is that, well, I guess the last two things, I guess, because for him in particular, there was an entire event just before Fluid Anim's mm-hmm. uh, like merged with Stickpage and went down. Like in his own name, they there was a day uh, put to celebrate his uh, like animation prowess and his projects, okay. and it was called Four Day, where he would have compiled on top of all the stuff that he was making throughout the year. He would also compile four different animations um, anywhere between. 60 seconds and eight minutes. So four different animation projects that he prepared oh, and he would release them all in one day. And so it would be like uh so like it would be he would make he would put out an animation at nine o'clock, he would put out an animation at ten, and then eleven, and then twelve at noon. I believe that was the time frame. And it was just four different productions oh. that he made himself. Like inside of that, like it was he was crazy. It, it was absolutely insane, like, the, the projects that he was able to go through. So, uh, what was it? Like, um, yeah, Trucedo was, like, one of the ones that he put up inside of 4-Day. Um, I'm struggling to figure out the, the other ones, but he made a... Uh, I don't know how much of it was collaboration or how much of it was just done on his own. I think the majority of it was himself. But he basically did a stick figure free-for-all battle royale brawl of, like, all of the different inspirations that he had Hmm. throughout his career. And so, like, I'm talking Henry Stickman, I'm talking Zhao Zhao. Uh, He was able to go through uh, all the classics. Yeah, like, all the classic, whether it was a game or whether it was an animation, like, he basically merged all of these different references, like, inside of one, like... Not only just stick figures like in one unique style where it's like, oh, he's the same stick as the guy next to him, but it's also like a stick with a hat. And and the, like that's the where it's like, oh cool, he called it the reference. It's like no No, he individually and painstakingly animated every single reference and every single character inside of this collaboration oh, okay. in its okay. own right. style. I see. I see. Yeah. Like like he animated all the like in all their unique styles, like they were all different, like some like Xiao Zhao, like very <laughs> very, very simple, like very set up, but just like uh like oh, fancy pants adventure, like all of these different styles, where it's like, sure, some of them are stickman and some of them like still have the same deal, but they were all in their own uh like original vision, like how every like how their own original creators animated it, so no, he just did so much, and then I guess the Doors collaboration that he was able to go through and, like, help create, that was... Like, I can't remember when the first one was, but it's just... Uh, Doors 5 came out a couple of years ago, and it's it's an hour and a half long. Like, the community that he's been able to help flourish over the past, you know, decade and a half, and, like, in what he's been able to go through and what he's been able to accomplish, especially everybody around him, when everybody else has been able to go and connect and just collectively, I don't know, just collectively accept and also bond over this specific style of simplistic animation that everybody's been able to go through and cherish and like work and build over these, over this extended period of time, I don't know. The Doors collab is probably just the most basic expression of that animation where it's simple, it sticks dude's getting from one side of the screen to the other or is trying to get from one door to another. But everybody who has been a part of that collaboration gets their own unique spin on it, and everybody has the opportunity to give their own specific flair and give their own kind of energy. And the collaboration, I think, Mm -hmm. the first one was around eight to ten minutes. And the fact that it's been able to evolve over the past decade up to an hour and a half of just unique animations from everybody inside of the community. like going through? I don't know. Yeah. I really I really I mean, love this community. It's all these independent
1: creators that are popping up and
0: you know, this is pretty accessible as
1: far as animation goes. And you just need a sick figure. And now Flash and maybe some other platforms are now available. But the the spirit is still there. And regardless of whatever sort of platform you use, it's there now.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, that's a good question. Is there anything Anything that we felt like we missed? Anything in particular that you feel like you want to give a special shout think, out for, or just, um, I think for now, we general, that's pretty good uh, at going through like
1: our experience through Newgrounds. Uh, more Newgrounds, Sick like Page, uh, early flash animation. I can't note of any other ones that really stood out, but you know, it's been a while. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. It's a of of our growth in, in appreciating the beginnings of animation.
0: Yeah, the evolution, the set, like, I didn't, I know that you were definitely, you mm-hmm. got into anime, into anime earlier than I did, but we you we were still able to, like, have and share this kind of, um, you know, connection perspective, like, through the rest of it, where, even though I didn't get into, like, anime for a couple of years after, like, this was definitely it's like this community and this style was something that kind of helped me jumpstart my appreciation for just the medium in general. And yeah, like that was definitely one of the main mm-hmm. reasons why I wanted to go through and get this episode together. Cause like, yeah, it is, it is that special. And especially with the community and the amount of people that have been able to keep it running for this amount of time. I don't know. They've been doing a really good job and a really, uh, and I don't know. It it's special. At in one word, like to bring it through everything revolving around this kind of medium and everything that it was able to accomplish in the early yeah. days of the internet. It was. It's definitely flash special. in the pan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's a good way to wrap it up. Now. <laughs> okay. Fine. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Cheers, Johnny. I'm glad you were able to go through and set up on this. Uh, this blast of the past and like go through and relive a lot of these uh, moments and in, um, in the early days of the internet and go through and kind of connect on this way. Me. So uh, yeah, cheers. Thanks for stopping by. All right. I'm going to line up. I'm going to go through, I've got a couple of, uh, what is it? Um, I've got a couple of friends that want uh, to go through and uh, go out to see the new uh, Maverick. Maverick Top Gun 2? Top Gun 2, basically. <laughs> so Top it's going to oh. be. Oh, yep. That's a thing now? i I, I yeah. Yeah. Maverick just came out this weekend. It's, oh yeah, no, it's crazy. I don't know. I didn't really have too much of of a connection to the rest of it, but it's definitely my mom's, one of my mom's favorite films. And so it's like, okay, all right, let's go. I'll go and (laughs) re-experience it and go through an IMAX and for, to have that opportunity because Mm -hmm. I do, I don't have as much of a connection, but at least all of the, um, uh, what is it? All of the, scenes that I've been able to go through and the first person perspective from the cockpits of mm-hmm. all of the, uh, jets that they may be able to fly. It's like, damn, this might well, be, 96% this is definitely experienced of to the theater. Right so like... at the very least. Yeah. But, but it's only been like a week, like less than a week. <laughs> oh yeah. At the very least. Yeah, exactly. It, it'll, it'll, it'll pan like it, like it'll level out, but at least for now, at the, I'm going to have the opportunity to go through and experience, <laughs> uh, at least the dogfights, which apparently have been told are worth the price of admission. But, uh, yeah, no, cheers. Um, definitely um, Yeah, I'm glad that you were able to stop by and go through and uh, jump into another episode with me. At some point in time, you and I are going to have to go through and finish and collect our yeah. final thoughts on <laughs> the rebuild of Evangelion, yeah. which is definitely something that we've been holding up there's, for a while. Because a it's, I think it's so much it is so episode. much.
1: Or not Evangelion. Um, the re- end of the rebuild series. The rebuilds, oh. yeah. Maybe structure it. I I, I think, like, I don't want to drag it up for too, too long. Maybe, like, a two-hour session might feel, like, a bit much. Maybe, like, one hour. Maybe try to sum
0: it into one hour. But, yeah, it would still take some time to kind of, like, uh, not, um, like, I'm going to have to rewatch that movie at some point. Like, it, it's, like, knowing how long it is, even though the at the end of the day it was an enjoyable experience, it's like, holy shit, do I have to go back and actually rewatch this again so I can just go absorb and actually process everything that went through. But yeah, I'm hoping that we'll be able to go through and look at that in the yeah, near man. future. Thanks, but um, yeah, cheers. Thanks for stopping by.